Welcome, everybody. Yankee Chronicle Clap Podcast. I'm Bobby. I am here with Evan, Rob, and Donald. Before we get started, we want to ask you to check out statementgames.com. You can find your unique experience in your fantasy sports. Check out docadamsbaseball.org. We can find you uh, learn about the father of baseball. And check out check us out on radioplaylive.com, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. and 8 p.m. daily. So, uh, Donald, you said you saw an interesting uh, article about uh, man shits. <laughs> Our favorite. Um, so, Bob Clappish is, you know, he's a very good writer, I think. I, I do quite enjoy him. He wrote an article here um, to, to plead with uh, Manfred to stop messing with uh, baseball's rules. Um, he's like, you're trying way too hard. So I'll read out some of the stuff from this article and see what you guys think. Um, so he's, he, first of all, he starts off with using a reference of Mr. Spock using mind shit to try and get into the mind of Rob Manfred as to what the what in the name of fuck he's actually doing. He goes, there's no other way to describe the rule changes being implemented in the minor leagues this season larger bases, forcing pitchers to step off the rubber before pickoff attempts, outlawing shift. It's a disturbing trend that makes me wonder if Manfred actually likes baseball, he says. That's not snark. It's just an honest question, he says. Manfred's ongoing tweaking suggests a deep dissatisfaction with the way the game is being played. Memo to the commish, baseball has never been as athletic and evolved as it is today. Leave it alone. When Yankee manager and Boone said baseball is still riveting to me, he meant pitchers are throwing harder than ever before. The same goes for sluggers who never generated that much bat speed. Thanks to technology, even bench players are bigger, stronger, and faster than ever gener- and than previous generations. But that's not what MLB is measuring its success against. Manfred is fighting against the perception that this game is boring. Um, so he's like, he says, trouble is manipulating the action not only reeks of desperation, it overrides the game's natural evolution. Today's big bad sluggers are looking to go deep in every at-bat because home runs, not stolen bases, are the most efficient way to score runs. And strikeouts are an acceptable trade-off for nailing one on the sweet stop. Sweet stop. That's how the game has progressed in this era. It's a trend, not a flaw. Um, and then he goes on to mention here about the shift. He says the best way to, to, to fight against the shift is actually DJ LeMahieu. He says, ask yourself, when was the last time you ever saw opposing team shift on DJ LeMahieu? The answer is they don't dare. He's talented and disciplined and patient enough to hit to all fields. That's how a shift is rendered obsolete by hitters who are dangerously unpredictable. LeMahieu is the solution, not Manfred, he says. Um, He says, some folks within the game understand the risk of overcorrection from above. Boone, who comes from three generations of major leaguers, says, you always say, careful with experiments. We're always chasing this utopia, what we think is our idea of a great thing. It's important that you're careful with these things. But uh, that's actually Manfred's out. These rule changes are just trial balloons being floated in the miners. These poor kids that are in the miners are being used as guinea pigs, he says. But this is the same commissioner who's given us the runner on second base to start the 10th inning and a three batter minimum for levers entering the game. He says he's gutted the farm systems and now robot umps are warming up in the bullpen. He says, maybe it's best that I pass on the fucking Dr. Spock mind meld on him. Do I really want to know what Manfred is planning next to ruin the game? It's interesting. Well, because it makes no sense. If you find the game of baseball boring, 
you think bigger bags and runners on second and all this gimmicky shit is going to get you go, oh, my God, I got to watch this sport now. No, it's not. You have <laughs> casual fans and you have diehards. We're going to watch it regardless. But maybe we won't spend money anymore. I'm not going to go to a fucking park to watch a game for fucking $150 if it's a joke of a game. I'll watch on TV because I'll watch my Yankees. But I'm not going to give a shit about the game of baseball, nor am I going to think that the history that's being created now is that significant. When you have players like Tatis Jr., who's breaking history before the age of, what, 23? And it's you're punishing him for being having swag, for having personality, for having all these things that actually improve the game. It's about the players, not the rules of the game. It makes no sense, because if that was the case, then Mike Trout would have killed the game long ago because he's so fucking boring. I I love that part about the minor leaguers because they are using them like guinea pigs. The minor leaguers are getting treated so poorly these last couple of years, and now they're being used to experiment. They've been doing it the last few years, experimenting in the minor leagues, and these guys don't want to use – they don't want to be experiments. They want to work their way to the major leagues. They want to meet their first – the first goal that they all want to do is make it to the major league. Right, You want to get out of the minor leagues. You want to show that you're good enough to make it to the majors. You don't want to be used as an experimental piece because Rob Manfred can't decide what he wants to do with the damn game. Rob, sorry to cut you off, but what happens if one of those experiments is detrimental to that minor leaguer's career? Something happens, they mess up, and they go, oh, that guy fucking sucks. Does he, or is he trying to do a fucking gimmick thing that messed him up? Maybe yeah. the, the new bag that's too big, maybe someone rolls their ankle on it, breaks yeah. their ankle, and they can't play again because they're not used to the size of the bag. It's the same thing when Major League Baseball changed the size of the pitching mound. It takes time to get used to those changes, and yet they're going to put it in the minor leagues pressure and then go, okay, it worked in the minor leagues, bring it up to the major leagues, the higher level, and let's try it on those guys. It doesn't work that way. It makes no sense. And you have college athletes who are still using metal bats which is a change that needs to be switched to, to wooden, yet they're not going to do it there, yet you're going to do all these other changes. So when those guys come, it's going to be a mass confusion like no other. You know, what do you guys think of that? a wooden bat, but it broke. Exactly. <laughs> what do you guys think of the of the rule changes? I mean, what do you think of the bigger bags? And, it uh, and it's, it's and ridiculous. It stopping do, the ship. The other one was it's stopping the ship. The game, was, the game was working for what a hundred freaking years. All of a sudden, yeah. now we that. have to make it's retar- It's it's just ridiculous. It really Baseball is. was technically invented in like the eighteen seventy five yeah. or something. So like even longer. Than, yeah, so almost you know over you know, like what, the the first twenty years of the sport, they had to make significant changes because yeah. the rules didn't re- really make sense. But yeah. once they got it perfect, it's like. What are you doing? It's, it's an old school, slower game. And the fact that the athletes, like you mentioned before, because of technology and other reasons, are now bigger and faster than ever, makes the game more exciting in itself. You didn't see a guy throwing 102 miles an hour in 1902? No, I think yeah, the yeah. best thing that he said in that article was he said that I'm actually starting to wonder if Manfred actually likes the game of baseball. It's yeah, quite he obvious he doesn't. It's quite obvious. It's clear as day he hates it. He has distaste for the he has a distaste for the World Series trophy, called it a piece of metal. You know, I mean that's the one of the most insulting things that I have ever 
come he across. should have lost his job for that they didn't hold him accountable for that it's like are you kidding me a <laughs> hundred years of people that have built that game babe ruth ted williams you know the luke garrick you you name it you know and these people developed this game all for that piece of metal you know and he just walked in and called a just and he just basically pissed on it, pissed on a hundred years of history plus years yeah. of history and not the game. Yeah, while and, condoning cheating, it's like you, and you, condoning you, cheating at the same time. It, it makes no sense, and it, like I say all the time, jokingly, but I'm serious. He makes Bud Selig look like the greatest commissioner of all time, and it's unbelievable that that's the case. I don't understand why he's so profit driven that he ignores the fact that he's ruining the game. For everyone, casual fans and the diehards, he's just spineless. You know, yeah, and, exactly. uh, you know, and it's also a shame on the owners because they stand for it. They, because you know, they're the ones that put them in. A lot of money. Because yeah. a lot of the, a lot of these owners are just glorified, you know, businessmen that wanted a hobby. So they purchase a, a sports team that they really don't have a passion for the sport. No. They're only after dollar signs. They're not. There's after only a handful of owners that you can say feel that way, and it's it's Steve Cohen, to be honest. But look at what happened this year because of the market and because of the value of these players. He was not willing to spend the money like he said he would. That is bad. You need owners who are going to come in, do what they say they do, and spend a lot of money. And he didn't do it, and he had an opportunity to change the way certain owners are viewed, and he didn't do it. And you have guys like uh, Hal Steinbrenner who inherited a team from a nutty fan who we all loved and cherished and runs it like a business. Yep. George never ran it like a business because it wasn't. It was his life. It was his team. He loved it. He loved the Yankees like we do. Yeah. He was more irate about losing than anybody. You know, and it wasn't a oh, money yeah. thing. It was, a, it was an image. He wanted image, to be a winner. ego. Yeah, and you'll—I don't think you'll ever see an owner like that again. No, we were going, blessed. Going, yeah, going back to Manfred, like all these changes he's trying to bring in, like speeding up the game. You go back to what you just said about how the players are all stronger and faster now. That in itself is going to speed up the game. You know, look at the the time length of Yankees Red Sox. It used to be four or five hour games all the time. They've been significantly lower the last few years, and mm-hmm. it, it's nothing that Rob Manfred did. The game has evolved without any of those rule changes making the game evolve. It's the players that are getting stronger and faster, like the article mentioned. So I don't know what Manfred's trying to do. He sucks. I don't know if there's any baseball fan out there that actually likes him. He's, he needs to go. He's, he's killing the sport. A yep. lot of the reasons why baseball is dying, in, in a sense, is because of the things he's trying to do. Yeah. I the can't other, the other rule. The other rule was the, the pickoff rule. You can only pick off twice. Yeah. If you try again and you're not successful, it's a balk. What the fuck kind of dumb rule is that? That makes no sense. You have any idea how fucking hard it is to pick someone off? They want to yeah. increase the. They want to increase the probability of stealing. Like seriously, it was a skill. All these, all these analytical nuts are the ones that stopped the stealing in the beginning. Thank you. Begin with. Thank you, Roberta. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. No, that's it's exactly it. Analytics has is, is stopped the stolen bases. It's nothing to do with the fucking pickoff move. Are you fucking kidding me? 
The analytics people are telling people not to steal bases. That's what it is. It's nothing to do with the fucking pickoff move. And a pickoff move is, is something that was really special. Andy Pettit had the best pickoff move yep. in the majors at the time. Yeah, you got to take your foot off the rubber to throw off. Yeah. Then don't bother yeah. picking them off then because you're not going to get them. The pickoff move was supposed to be Pettit deceptive. Have, you know? Huh? How many pickoffs did Andy Pettit have in his career? Do you guys know? Not off the top off of my top head. Off my head, no, I don't. Well, I'm pretty sure it was either close to a hundred or over it. So, no, he had a he, he was successful. With, he had a high he success. Had rate. a lot of fucking pickoffs and a he bunch of the players. And it, if you altered the way they're allowed to do pickoffs, then yeah. just fucking take it out of the game. Just get rid of it. They're not allowed to do pickoffs because that box shit is ridiculous. Yep. Why is it that every time the pitcher makes a movement, they're the ones that are penalized for it? The batter gets to step out of the batter's box whenever the fuck he feels like it to change his gloves, to do what Chuck Knobloch did and shit. Oh, oh yeah. Take a break. But the pitcher can't fucking do that. It's ridiculous. I used to get called for box all the time because when I'm pitching, I get fucking nervous and I bite my glove. And the fucking ump's like, that's a box. That's a box. And I said, you're a fucking box, you piece of shit. <laughs> How is that a box? I'm chewing on my fucking glove. A businessman chews on his fucking pencil. Get the fuck out of my fucking work. <laughs> exactly. Mm. But um, anyway, where were we? Well, uh, <laughs> where were we? Let's, let's go on to the next stupid role. That the infielders have to stay on the dirt. Oh, See, Jesus. That, that was... You know, you have to get rid of the shift because if they have to stay on the dirt, then they're not allowed to go around the fucking bag. It makes no sense. Yeah, yeah either kill the shift or or just leave it the way it is because you're trying to alter everything and teams are going to find a way to manipulate it in some way. Like, okay, we're going to stay on the dirt, but we're still going to shift over. You're going to have to either say you can't shift or you have to have one formation each inning, maybe something like that. But you right. start the certain way and you have to stay that way the whole way well but further yeah sorry further to no hold on when we were going over during the offseason about all the different rule you know um ways to improve the game that they weren't thinking of we talked about like you know obviously you're not going to ban the shift you know it is a part of they might you know you want to have it you know the object is not to let the other team score but they have to have a compromise where maybe you can only move a certain amount of feet one way or another. But you can't have the third baseman playing behind the right fielder. You know, those extreme shifts, that's that's the problem. And they want to talk about the time of the game. How many how many uh, how much time does it take after each batter or even in, uh, during the count still change their position? The problem's not the that's shift, it's the players. Long in the game. Exactly. It's not the shift, it's the players. Yeah. Mark Teixeira could not hit against the shift. That yeah. is his fault. DJ yeah. Mayhew is a great hitter. Why should he be penalized because Mark Teixeira doesn't know how to hit? Like, well, That's a great point. That's what Klappish's point was. The, the way of beating the shift is having right. better freaking batters that are able to hit from all fields. That's how you beat the shift. Yeah. I bunt. mean, if these batters bunt. learned how to bunt down the third base yes. line, they would never fucking shift anymore. Do you know? If batters knew how to hit to 
fucking right. third down the third base line, they would not have to worry about these extreme shifts in order Which to get is you out. Why they never shifted against Derek Jeter or Brett Gardner? Because those two guys can you, fuck with any kind. You're not going to do it. You can yeah. hit from to all fields. DJ LeMahieu hits to all fields. That's why he is a fucking god for Wind me. Merrifield. You know, I mean, <laughs> these players are rare. And they should be fucking celebrated because they can actually hit the fucking ball properly. Instead of just waiting for your pitch to hit to the fucking roof and striking out, these guys know how to hit down the third baseline, move the fucking, move it on, move the order on, chip away. As Joe Torre always used to say, chip away. Right. A 300 batting average used to mean something really special. And it's like now people are tolerating 250 with 200 strikeouts. Like, why? I'll never fucking tolerate it. I'll never fucking tolerate it. Because they're they're because the analytics will say he should have hit better because a lot of his hard hits were outs or some nonsense like that. I, I they're trying to kill batting average is what they're trying to do, and I don't like it. No, I don't either. You want to save the sport? Fucking stop analytics, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> you can get involved <laughs> with trades, but you can you can, they can help with trades and shit. But in terms of the 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 in game stuff, keep them the fuck away from the field because they've never played a game in their lives. They're fucking mathematicians. Never played a game in their fucking lives. Yep. The only time I really use analytics is after the game or when I'm trying to analyze a guy who's going into the Hall of Fame or not going into the Hall of Fame. That's when you should do it. It makes no sense when they're in the middle of their career or in the middle of a season. But if you look at someone's war at the end of the career and you go, oh, shit, that war was good if they were not on the field their team would have done significantly worse. That's a big deal for me. But in the moment, it's not. Because I think it's you're, you're building too much around certain stats that don't matter as much alone as they do together to tell the full story. In yeah. basketball and football, analytics is used to improve your performance and is used to, to as ways to, to, to look at players or how you can uh, counteract another team's opponent. That's how it should be used. But in-game moves... Just pre-scripting an entire game on a fucking computer, that is what I disagree with. And that's what needs to be stopped because that's what's ruining the game. All right, you don't see that in other sports. You don't see what no. happened back in game two, which we always talk about. You'll never yeah. see that in basketball. Okay, we're going to have we're gonna have LeBron James on the court for the first two minutes of the game but because <laughs> he struggles in that third minute. We're going to take him out. You know, like we're yeah. not – it, it sounds ridiculous when I say that, but that's essentially what Aaron what Boone did – in that game, he took yeah. the starter out after one inning and went to an experienced starter out of the bullpen. So analytics is absolutely – it's ruined the game in a sense. There is definitely a place for it, but it, it should not be used as much as it is. Yeah, that, exactly. You know, that, you know the analytics no, – and, that... and look at what Boone did too. He didn't even use it correctly. We yeah. all sat there before that game and said, he's probably going to do this dumb shit. I know I posted about it. Casual fans posted about it, and then he did it, and he thought he was all fucking clever. Didn't work. Yeah, you thought he was gonna trick the Rays. You didn't even trick the fans. You think you're gonna trick another <laughs> manager? He had tricked the team that used it or uh, used it. Well, that was used is, exactly, Robert. Because they the, the Rays use it as a way to, to to even up the fucking playing field with a team that's got like ten times their fucking payroll. That's what they use it for. Mm-hmm. We use it for an okie doke. Yep. <laughs> and plus, they also have multiple options that they need to use. So it's like they got yeah. A, B, and C, D, F, G, whatever. By the yeah. time we figure out their C, 
They're already <laughs> using F. So it's Thank like, you. just fucking stop, Boone. Fucking <laughs> <clears throat> right, man. It's frustrating. It's just, well, that it means on a DV. DV pitch is fucking great. No, D- Let's talk actual baseball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. None of this fake shit. No. No, Debbie looked, you know, he, he did, you know, all the pitches are doing well. You know, Debbie looks like he's just ready to, he, he wants that fifth start. He wants that fifth uh, spot in rotation. He deserves and he it. Knows, and the closer it's getting to the season, the more hungry he's getting. Her mom's looking so good, though. It's a really tight the- competition. I did not want it to be this close. No, no, none of I- us did. Well, we yeah. all know what they're going to do is we've talked about it before. The first couple of weeks, it's going to be a four-man rotation, and then that decision is going to be made. I still think Herman is more valuable out of the bullpen and as that potential spot starter. If they he needs to, to be the league. long relief, yeah. Right, because they, they should not penalize Garcia for what he did for us last year. He, he came up out of nowhere, young guy, pitched well, had one bad game, that's it despite what some people might say that he struggled or whatever that one article said, but yeah, yeah, he, yeah well, great. Yeah, there it is. That schmuck, but yeah, he, he was great. He deserves the fifth spot and Garcia, uh, not, I'm sorry. Herman was not here last year. Garcia this is how I want them to well. use Herman. I think instead of doing the stupid opener, cause it doesn't work for us. Um, Use Herman as the sixth starter. So instead of the opener, he goes on that day that you wanted to use the opener. Just it's fine. Like, yeah, you know, give him like 10 to 15 starts this year. Give him, you know, 10 to 15 outings in the bullpen. Like, just mix it up and he could be useful. Yeah, you use him as a long man. You throw him as a sixth starter when you go into those 20, you know, when you go into 20 straight games in the season. That's where you throw Herman in here and there. Just to kind of give the the regular rotation guys that extra day to rest. Right. And we've talked about it already, you know, with the uncertainty with guys like Kluber and Tyone. So that's perfect. The six-man rotation on certain weeks could absolutely work to, yeah. you know, take some wear and tear off of Kluber and Tyone. And the same even for Garrett Cole. They're not going to skip Garrett Cole, but, you know, maybe he has to miss a start. You never, you never know how the season's going to unfold. Did you hear how much Kluber loves being a Yankee? Uh, no, tell me. Yeah, he basically said, like, I'm so glad I don't have to face this lineup anymore. Like, there's a great team. <laughs> and he's just – he's excited to be here. So, I'm, I'm happy. Well, what did he say at this point in his career? He, you know, he, he wants that uh, that World Series. And the Yankees – he felt the Yankees gave him the best option for that. That says a lot. Because oh, we're winning this year. That's right. You know, yeah, Tyone, yeah. he's like a kid in a candy store, you know, walking around the stadium. Too yeah. true. And just, he said something about putting on Yankee, the putting on the putting he, stripes for the first when time. When he put on the stripes for the first time, he said, yeah. you know, Gave other teams, other, other players might try to downplay it, but until you put this uniform on, you don't, you don't get it. You'll never yeah. understand until you put it on how special it feels. Just to wear them before you even walk on the field. He goes, and that's another experience he, he's, I can't I can't wait for. Right. And look at look at all the people who normally make that statement that it's a different feel when you put on a Yankees year. They're usually the ones who have a high work ethic who succeed. Yeah. Yep. You know, to, uh, go back to the you know, LeMayo. You know, not many players would have made that signed that contract twice. Know, twice. 
Yeah, two <laughs> two team friendly contracts just to be able to say I'm a New York Yankee. The first one was a fucking steal. Like, yeah. yeah. The fact that the second one was amazing is awesome. But the first one, when he was looking for four years, 68, and we got him for two years, 24, and then got him for six years, 90. Like, that's a great deal, guys. Brian Cashman should be in the Yankee Hall of Fame just for DJ LeMahieu alone. Like, just- <laughs> <laughs> he will be for the multiple championships, but for sure, LeMahieu. I mean, I oh, we haven't him. loved a player like this since Derek Jeter. I mean, yeah. this is really yeah. something special. Well, I think – well. I would say the last player that we acquired from outside the the, the minor league system, I I compare him to Paul O'Neill. You know the way one. he just captured the fan base. Yeah. You know, no, those. You know, you had the warrior, and now you have the machine. You know, yeah. and it, it, it just speaks volumes with their mentality and their their. <laughs> He's a lot less vocal than old Neil. That's for yeah. sure. Different yeah. <laughs> He's kind of got like the Jeter stoic poise and uh, ability to hit at all yeah. times in the clutch. Plus Paul O'Neill's steely determination. Uh, I love kind of got a mixture of the two. That's why I fucking right. love him. And that, you know, he plays the way he plays the game, the way I love it to be played. Yeah. Yep. He plays it the old school way. He hits the fucking player. ball. He hits in the fucking clutch. He hits it fucking. It's like all his, fr- his first at bat yesterday. He almost hits on you know a home run, but it, it veers foul, and it, it was almost like his next swing was like, all right, I'll just get a single then. I'll. I'll, I'll yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. <laughs> you know, you and guys- then, he hits, then he hits the three run shot. Yeah. And he's just like you know, it's just for him, it's business as usual. Exactly. I want him to be the captain. Yeah. For me, he is, you know, just the yeah. way he is. I mean, they don't need to name it because if you really look back on the Yankee years, Jorge Posada was definitely that quiet captain, even yeah. though they gave it to Jeter. So it was kind of both of them who were, you know, calling yeah. the shots behind the scenes. Um, and obviously you had, you know, Pettit, Moe, Bernie Williams. Um, but if they gave it to DJ, I'd, I'd be – he has a different mentality than Judge does. And I love Judge. Judge is a good yeah. player. But I just think DJ's more mature Judge. and under. Yeah, there you go. I bubble that game. Right, really, guys? <laughs> you guys suck. Someone else talk. I forget my fucking stuff. Well, I was going to mention Paul O'Neill's baseball reference page. It shows that he kicks with, with foot he kicks with. <laughs> He's the only player that says bats. It says his batting foot uh, speed. <laughs> yeah. He said that he bats that ball. Yeah. Bats left, That's throws it. right, and then he kicks left, I think it said. Whatever, I love that. Whatever foot he uses it says that. It's great. Uh. <laughs> but no, yeah, I mean, look at the play. look at our pitching today, though. I mean, everyone pitched a fucking shot. I mean, Lucas Litke, another shutout inning. He's he making make a team. serious case. For, he's making, he's yeah, making a serious case. I thought I it was going to be Warren. The team. Yeah, I don't think Dietrich's making it now. Uh, Nick no. Nelson is almost a lock. I, you know, Aaron Boone was talking about Nick Nelson yesterday. You know, he, I, I think yeah, he, Nick Nelson, he, wants... he was a question mark. But um, I, th- I think he's actually shown that he's improved from last year. You know, we, again, it's there's just something different about this. This, this year is, is just there's something different in the year. I agree with that 100%. But Boone was talking, he wants to see 
giving Nick Nelson the expanded role this year. So I think that means he's almost certain to make the team. All right. And considering they put Warren back at the minor league site, I think that's pretty telling uh, about cool. how. Yeah, how the Were you guys surprised about that? I no, was a little uh, bit. But I think it makes it sense. didn't matter either way because whoever they did pick, we knew it was going to be somebody that would improve themselves. They weren't. They weren't going to send him down. You know, just so they didn't hurt somebody else's feelings. You know what I mean? It was. It was. It was going to be a role that was earned. So I have no. I have no issue with the moves they're making. Whatever, no. at that look. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> don't go shy on us now. <laughs> thinking, of, thinking about trout. <laughs> He's thinking about something. I don't know, chicken. <laughs> Actually, I got ribs in my car. I could eat some ribs right now. You guys want you got some ribs? fucking ribs in your car? Yeah, you want some ribs? I mean, yeah. No other podcast could give you fucking ribs, baby. I mean, nope. this is what we offer here. Rib, damn, that looks fucking good, man. That looks absolutely phenomenal. Where'd you get them? Some Chinese place in Stanford last night. Damn. They've been sitting in my car for like six hours. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, sorry. Okay. You, can't have, less... you can't have any, Gary. Like People think that food goes bad in like 30 fucking seconds. You can literally leave ribs out for two days and you'll be fine. Jesus Christ, people. I'm a true American. I, I eat that food in 30 bad. seconds. I destroy food in 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we or, we ordered too much last night. I was up looking in apartments, so uh, we, we got a shit ton of Chinese food. And that's why in your car. <laughs> yes, that is correct. <laughs> that is correct. Affirmative. <laughs> All the windows are down. He's good. <laughs> so why is Roberta in the car, like the Blair Witch Project? What happened to you? No, the power's out in my neighborhood. It's fucking nuts. So, fucking it, it's going to be hard to do it in the dark. It's dark enough in here. <laughs> the lighting sucks. Everything. No, I'm telling you, it's Mike. He's We're a competing podcast now, so he came and fucked up your shit. Jerk. <laughs> what do you think he's delivering? He, he was climbing up the fucking power lines and cut it? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes, you know back, when he yeah. all winter, he has a snow gun. That's why we had all this goddamn snow. He's walking around the neighborhood spraying snow everywhere. It's fucking ridiculous. He's a jerk. <laughs> it's all Mike's fault. No, Mike's fault. Podcast, <laughs> podcast wars. We'll call it podcast wars. <laughs> all right. And on that note, we hope everybody's having a good weekend. And um, we will be back tomorrow morning. Rob won't be. He's a slacker. Don't listen to him, Rob. <laughs> None of us do. But, uh, <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? How dare I go to work? How dare I do my job? <laughs> it makes no sense. I, I don't understand your life goals, really. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just oh. Mike's fault. Yeah, it's all Mike. Don't listen to him, Gary. We don't have to worry about him. He's... I got, I got uh, fucking judge here. He'll keep us right. No. Yeah. Tomorrow, if when my power's back, I got a special uh, bobblehead for Evan. Oh, really? Uh, I saw Evan shake his head disapprovingly. Is that what is it too childish for you there, Ev? Is it too happy? I don't have any bobbleheads. Bobbleheads annoy me. <laughs> oh, you fucking annoys you. No, they just sit on the table. Bobble, bobble, bobble. <laughs> Fuck you. Stop bobbling. But that's you when you fucking do a podcast, man. <laughs> 
That's all you fucking do. Socrates Brito. He had a fucking home run the other day, too. When he hit a home run, I was like, ah, fuck you, Evan. Ah, <laughs> oh, you asshole. <laughs> all right, well, from, every, from all of us at YankeeChronicles.com, we hope you're being smart, being safe, and as always, go Yankees. See you tomorrow. Go Yankees.